The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Well, as you may know, we've got uh, from the school, from alumni, but also from Raymond Bible Church members, we have got three teams around the world on mission trips right now, Zambia, Brazil, and Thailand. And yesterday in Thailand, this happened. If we could show that video of what took place. This was a little lady. She was paralyzed when she came in there. Left side wouldn't move at all. Amen. That was just the start of it. They said she went dancing out of the house. Glory to God. After they laid their hands on her, God, God is still God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's such a wonderful thing, a wonderful God that we serve and to do the will of God and the work of God. And, you know, there wasn't any apostles or prophets or anybody that did that. It was just Christians that laid hands on them, right? Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of 3 John. 3 John. Little John, third Little John, I, a, I always get, had a youth group member years ago. I said, let's turn over to, I think I said first John. He goes, is that big John or little John? Well, it's, it's his little John, but the third, you know, there's only one chapter there. I want to talk tonight about the power of patient endurance. The power of patient endurance. You know, if you let it, the world will cause you to live a soap opera. I mean, just to see, I mean, you know, you think about it, if you go back, now I'm hopefully none of you are watching all that stuff now, but remember back in the day when the days of, of, of our lives was the day of your life, you know, when you had to watch that every, remember they were on every day and it was my show. And you know, some folks actually, whatever happened on the show that day, that determined the way their day was going to go. Amen. Almost the place they want you to pray for so-and-so who got sick on the show. It's just a show. But you know, life tries to act that way, tries to get us to go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and eventually keep you down. But we have, a, we have, we have the Word of God and we have uh, the weaponry of God, if you will. In other words, God's way to overcome that is by having a prosperous soul. Now here in second, uh, third John, uh, chapter one, verse two, the King James says, beloved, I wish above all things that you might, you may as prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers, a prosperous soul. Now, when we talk about the soul tonight, we're not talking about our spirit, man. Our spirit man's born again, got the life of God in it, but our mind has to be renewed and our emotions have to be renewed also. Not only renewed, they have to be consecrated and dedicated. And we have to present our, you know, with it, present in our bodies. But the soul is something so very important. And our soul health is very, very important because from it is going to be, is going to be how our life uh, goes. And, and our health, our physical health, our, our health overall in our life is dependent upon our soul health. You know, so many times we, we uh, ask people, well, how are you? But, you know, we're... Uh, and people tell us what's going on, but really the question is, how's your soul? Amen. The passion Bible says this beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. 
Here's the NIV, the New International Version. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You know, in Brother Hagin's book, Right and Wrong Thinking, he talks about, you know, a, a lot of times it's our thinking. Wrong thinking causes wrong believing. Wrong believing uh, uh, will cause wrong confession. And we have what we say, and so what are we confessing? Well, we have to go back and change our thinking. You know, Romans 3 says, let God be true and every man a liar. Look at Luke chapter 21. Now, this is, the, this is the, really the place I was in, in just, you know, looking in, uh, at the Word of God and just uh, felt this was something as I whistle, as I talk. Did I just whistle? Ugh. Whatever that was. <laughs> Here in Luke 21... I'm just going to read one verse, but he's talking about uh, some things that are going to take place in the end times, you know, uh, even things such as being betrayed by your parents, <laughs> your brothers, your, your family, your friends, even put to death, you know, he's talking about in these, th- those days, but it's also in our day too. Uh, but he says in verse 19, the King James says, in your patience, possess your soul. In your patience. Now, if you look that word up, and again, I'm not a Greek scholar, but the way that word is used in original, the original language is translated patience. It means constancy. In other words, consistency. Living a consistent life. Not too high up, not too far down. I mean, we all get excited, right? But we don't let life keep us on that roller coaster. How many of you like to ride roller coasters? How many of you know you can't do that 24-7? I mean, you know, riding a roller coaster is an event, right? You go, you ride it, and that's it. I mean, we used to go, when, when I was, when we were youth pastoring, we'd take our kids, we were up north of St. Louis, we'd go down to Six Flags there in St. Louis. We'd drive that, we had an old bus. Oh, man, it was a miracle every time it made it anywhere. And we got down there, but, you know, the kids don't know it, but, you know, we're believing God. Oh, God, you know, thank you, Lord, every time you, you know, every time you get going. And then there's that one hill, you know, you get going down that and you just say, oh God, let the brakes work when we get here, you know, coming down from, anyway, if you don't know that route on Route 44, you, uh, you know, Interstate 44, you don't know it. But uh, we get there and we disperse all the kids. And this is, this was back when I was young, you know, talking about roller coasters. And of all things, Amanda and I would go get a foot long chili cheese dog, eat it, and go ride a roller coaster. Never bothered us a bit. You know, now if I got a foot-long chili cheese dog, I'm laying down somewhere. I don't care about standing in line for that roller coaster. You know, I think the first time we wrote, wasn't it Batman they put in there? That Batman coaster, you know, where you, you go up and you, it was the first one there they had at Six Flags that actually did the whole loop, you know, thing. Right after a chili cheese dog. Yeah. Then they had that ride, what was that thing? Tom's, what did they call that thing? You got in this thing and it spins around, the floor drops out from under you, you know. Yeah, it never bothered us a bit. Now, other people did. You know, you're dodging stuff. But anyway, that's a whole nother, <laughs> another story. The Passion Bible says, by standing firm with patient endurance, you will find your soul's deliverance. And ain't, he says here, in your patience, possess your souls. Part of having a prosperous soul is to be consistent in life. Consistent. I was just talking with someone today. Again, you know, God... 
God gave me this phrase, the consistent application of the truth will change the facts. Now, a lot of times we, you know, because of society, we like that one-time application. And thank God when that happens, right? But for us, we have to live a consistent life. You want to have a prosperous life? You want to have a life where every area of your life's what we would call health? Live a consistent life. You're not up, you're not down. Now, in doing that, you're going to have to make the decision that my patient endurance, and it's endurance, all right, no matter what anybody says, no matter who leaves me, no matter who, whatever happens to me, no matter what anybody does to me, I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to endure in patience. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. In your patient endurance, there's a power in endurance, in patience. Now, again, patience doesn't mean I just put up with it till it's over. It just means I'm consistently applying the Word of God, consistently living according to what God's Word says, not according to my circumstances. Circumstances change. Some of you today, you might have had a big circumstance change today. You know what? Jesus did not fall off the throne, did he? And you're still his child. You're a joint heir with him. All right? Hebrews chapter 6, verse uh, 13, starting there, says, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying. See, God can't say, I swear by God. No, you know, so help me God. He is God. So he just has to swear by himself. He said, I will certainly, and I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And let me stop there. Hope, Bible hope, is not a wish. Bible hope means confidently expecting something and having joy about it. One of the, one of the definitions of the word patience there that, is, that you find in Strong's and Thayer's is to hopefully endure. You're just waiting for what you see to come to pass, right? But, so he goes on here, he says, concerning this hope, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This hope is an anchor for our soul. The prosperous soul through patient endurance and trusting and hoping in the promises of God is anchored there. You're not moved by what you see. You're not moved by what you feel. You know, we like to sing songs, you know, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. But you know, uh, you don't always have a praise and worship leader around to sing that song. No, you better keep it queued up because there's most of the time when God's working, you don't see it and you don't feel it. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't see it and shouldn't feel it, but maybe at the moment you don't right? You know, if I'm healed, then I should feel healed, right? 
I'm, I'm staying after it. And I'm, but the, 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 th- the thing is, <laughs> rewound that one there. The thing is, I'm going to be consistent and declare I'm healed no matter how I feel. I'm consistent. Because what God said is greater than any circumstance. Now go to Hebrews chapter 10. And again, I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. Just a little bit here. Hebrews 10, starting verse 32. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Now, he's talking to these folks, you know, that was great persecution for them. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering? Was there anybody in your life that just could not understand why you became a Christian? And they were just like, you know, talked to you. I thought you had joined some, you know, cult. Well, I did. The word cult means a gathering of people. Occult, that's a whole different thing. That's worship the devil, you know. But, you know, uh, uh, but, the, oh, but they try to, you know, and sometimes even some people were made to suffer greatly for their decisions. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. When all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there was better things waiting for you that will last forever. Now, most of us have not experienced that. But, you know, he's talking to them there. If they can do this from where they were, we can surely do it from where we are. He said, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones who will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. The prosperous soul is a soul that doesn't go back from its confident trust in the Lord, but it patiently endures, patiently endures, right? How many of you know we're patiently enduring until the coming of the Lord? All of us are in that, all of us are experiencing that right now, but we're not, we're not sad about it. We're looking forward to it. And the Bible, in 1 John 3, it says, if we have this hope in us, that hope of his return will even purify us. It'll cause us to live a purified life. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read this from the King James Bible. He said, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. Now we have an example in that. Look at this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice that the joy was greater than the shame. And the joy was greater than the cross. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. The prosperous soul is a soul that doesn't get weary and faint. <clears throat> now, Jesus made a statement concerning prayer. He said, I, I would that you faint not, but that you pray always. Pray always and faint not. Go to God. 
You see, my consistent relationship with God causes me to have a, 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 a prosperous soul. Glory to God. All right, look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Patient endurance. Patient endurance. Now, we're going to see patience. We think, well, where am I going to get? Patience is something that we already have. Notice it never said, you know, like a lot of folks, you know, oh, God, give me patience and give it to me now. You know, but you're really never told to pray for patience. We're to let patience work. That means I've already got it. If I'm to let it work and I'm to do this, God's not asking me to do something that I don't, that I can't do. Right? But he has made a way. If we follow his way, then we can do what he's asked us to do. Now, I'm going to start here. We're going to read this from the King James first. James 1, I'm starting verse 2. It says, my brethren, that would include the sister in two, all right? <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Now, stop there. Notice he didn't say it's a big joy when you fall. No, he said count it. Count it. In other words, I have got to act like it's joy. For the joy that's set before him, Jesus endured. Well, for the joy that's set before me, uh, when this temptation comes, the joy of the victory that's going to happen at the end. All right? Count it all joy. He said, knowing this. Now, how, how do we count it joy? We have to know something. That the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Sounds like a prosperous soul to me, doesn't it to you? Amen. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberty, and braideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he, were, he shall receive anything of the Lord. The double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, the, this prosperous soul is stable. Again, here, I want you to see that. Non, not wavering back and forth between two things. Because I've gone to the Word of God. And I've seen what God said about my situation, and it's put a hope on the inside of me, a confident expectation. And I've anchored my soul to that confident expectation that what God said, he is well able to perform. And when you get to that place, you're like Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4 says, who was strong in faith, strong in faith. Why? Because he, he believed that God was able to do what he was performing. He said he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. Sunday night, if you, were, if you weren't here Sunday night, you need to get, get the Pastor Bill's message. Praising God. I mean, we talked about praising. You know, how would you praise God if you had it? Amen. And sometimes, I will say this. If you don't see yourself with it, it's hard to praise God for it. Glory to God. I don't know. You know, I, I'm wanna, I want to ask Abraham and Sarah when we get to heaven. But I wonder in that last, you know, he's 99, she's 90 now. It's been, you know, about 25 years they've been going through this whole thing. Uh, Sarah tried to, you know, Sarah and Abraham tried to help God out with the Hagar issue. And, you know, 13 years prior to that. And we've been dealing with Ishmael ever since, you know, and it's, you know, what I'm saying, but you know, that trying to help, help God out. Well, how many of you know you can't help God out? Just do it God's way. 
Well, anyway, uh, you know, but I wonder, at what point, Sarah, did you and your handmaids start making baby clothes? Because you're believing. You're believing. See, when you're believing, how many of you know, boy, when, when you find out that, you know, when you find out the wife is pregnant, whoo, we start thinking, okay, where are we going to put this baby? Right? We got we to make, we gotta, I mean, you might move heaven and earth to make a room for that baby. You do all, I mean, you get you a, you get you a baby bed, you paint that room in there, you do everything in there. And that child sleeps with you instead of in the bed. You know what I'm saying? You, but you do. <laughs> That's all. I'm sorry. I regress there. A whole nother story. But anyway, hallelujah. We've got two children and they both were different. One of them would just lay there all night. Just, you know, just the other one ended up feet in one person, head in the other. Just, you know, just beat you. You wake up. You're like, I was in a fight. And look, there's that child. Somehow during the middle of the night, they got in that bed. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you should, oh, you raise your own kids. All right. (laughs) Amen. All right, let's look at this from the Passion Translation, James 1. I'm going to start here. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. How many of you know that, you know, faith in God doesn't make any sense. It, you can't compute it in your mind. Wait a minute. I'm facing difficulty, nothing but difficulties, and it's an opportunity for the greatest joy? All right. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you're half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Doesn't sound like someone's anchored, does it? Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? See, I think a lot of times we've had, people have had difficulty receiving because their soul hasn't been anchored. I mean, they've made the right confession. You know, they prayed, they, believe, they said, I believe I receive, but their soul's not anchored. So it continually tosses you back and forth and you waver in your thinking. And, and sometimes, you know, it's maybe not spoken, but you talk yourself out of it on the inside. And then when you're believing God for healing and that pain hits you, you say, well, I guess I'm not healed. I, I thought God, I thought, I thought I'd, you know, I, I want to tell, I do want to tell you one thing. This, I, I've, I don't see this work over, I mean, almost 43 years, 42 and three quarters of a year of, of, of being in the Word and being a Christian and, and in the things of God like this and preaching the Word of God. That, that, that idea, well, when I wake up in the morning, I believe I'll, no. You've got to believe it now. It's not when I wake up. It's either now or it's not now. That setting, that time, well, by such a, no, it's now. 
Well, I believe, you know, now I understand, you know, and people do this with finance. Now you can't write checks on money you don't have in your bank account. That's a felony, you know, if you do that. <laughs> and you've been, you start a prison fellowship. If, if nobody has, unless there's mercy hat on you, right? <laughs> and I don't think many of you want to have a prison fellowship where you're actually in the prison. I don't know why that would come up that way, but that just did. Go to 2 Peter now, chapter 1. But anyway, if our, if our soul is not prospering, anchored in the word of God, trusting in the promise, giving glory to God, steadfast, not going back, not wavering, all right, then, we, then we're going we're gonna to have, we're going to prosper and be in health. But if we're not controlling that area of our life, and it's a decision. It's a decision that we have to make. And no one has any greater ability than anybody else to do that. You can make that decision. In fact, you have greater power over your own life than anybody. Right? Second right, Peter chapter 1. Here's the King James, verse 2 through 10. It said, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. There's a, that's a great healing scripture right there. The life of God, glory to God, all things that pertain to life. Well, my physical health, my mental well-being is pertaining to that, glory to God plus other things. Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises that by these you, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence to your faith, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or agape love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he, the, he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Now look at this. And has forgotten that he was purged from his, own sin, his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now he's not calling about your ministry calling here. This is our calling and election into the family of God. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. I didn't write it. Just look at your neighbor and tell, you, tell your neighbor, he didn't write it. These things, this is part of the divine nature. Thank God we're saved by grace, what, through faith. So you got faith. But add to it these other things. In other words, let these other things be part of, that, that are part of God's nature, be part of your nature. And when we do that, we'll get to the place we'll never fall. You might stumble, but this fall means fall and stay down. Glory to God. Listen to the passion here. Every, this, this starting in verse 3. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Already. It's in me. 
For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. I wish I could write like that. I mean, you realize this is not a translation. This is a, the passion is a paraphrase. In other words, it's his he, of his scriptures. He's not going from the original language of this, but boy, it says it well. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corruption, the corrupt desires that are in the world. So devote yourselves lavish, to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, add understanding. And to understanding, add strength of self-control. And to self-control, add patient endurance. And to patient endurance, add godliness. And to godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters. And to mercy toward others, add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within, and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. But if anyone lacks these things, he's blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence for his past sins have been washed away. For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claim you as his own. If you do these things, you will never, never stumble. Glory to God. Notice the, but notice right in the middle, that is patient endurance, consistency in the midst of everything. Why? Because it's part of God's divine nature. Have you found that out about God? He's consistent. He's consistent. We might say it this way. He's faithful. He's faithful to do what he promised. He's faithful. You don't go to God one day and he says this about it and go to God another day and he says something else. That's why when he said it in his word, it's good. It's good for you today. Amen. If he said, by Jesus stripes, you're healed. What does that mean? You're healed. Well, I don't feel it. You're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And the consistent application of that, of that, uh, at the, of that word from God will change the facts in your life. Consistent application. Now, I know we like that, you know, that one time. We don't need testimonies here, but, you know, think about, think about how, many, how many advertisements have you seen about a pill that will make you lose all the weight that you work so hard to get on? Right? Just take this one pill. It's a miracle pill. Yeah, it's a miracle how much money people send them for that pill. That's the miracle. Right? Consistent application. Consistent application. Amen? Hallelujah. Consistent. Glory to God. Now, I think, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm talking to somebody that's online right now. You're watching this. I'm looking right here at that camera. You're watching this, and, and you're wonder, wondering, well, I don't know. Yes, you absolutely. If you're a child of God, you can absolutely do this, right? Now, if you make a mistake, just, just get up and go on again. Keep applying the Word of God and saying what God's Word says about your situation. 
All right? Now, go to God's word consistently and let God's word build an image on the inside of you of what it is that you need and what it is you have. Well, you say, how do I do that? This is for all of us. How do we do that? When I go to God's word, let's say for healing, and I go to God's word and says, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, ask yourself this question. How would my life be different right now if I was healed? How would my, and start seeing yourself not needing those prescriptions. Now that did, I didn't say stop taking them. Let your doctor tell you to stop that. Start seeing yourself not walking with that cane. Start seeing yourself. Amen. Not going, not going to the doctor every time, you know, not going every week for that allergy shot. Start seeing yourself free from all that because in Christ we are free. Thank God for, you know, what, what, that you've got to this place. But until I see myself, because what I see, I can be. That woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I can touch his garment, I shall be made whole. The only thing she lacked was the opportunity. And once she got the opportunity, she had such an image of herself being made whole. She risked her life and made an all-in decision. I'm going to be stoned to death or put to death because that was the penalty for her being out like that. Or I'm going to be healed and I believe I'm going to be healed. And she fought her way through the crowd and got to him and touched his garment. And everybody's touching him, the disciples said. Glory to God. But she, and I, I love this, and I believe it's, uh, it might be the NIV, but it's another other translation where it says, for she said, one says within itself, other one says, for she continually said to her, she said to herself continually, she continually applied the scripture and when the opportunity came, she received what it was. She patiently endured till she got it. Amen. Let's all stand up together. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you for your, your precious, holy, and written word. We thank you for the, the rhema of your word that reveals to us not only what's on the page, but reveals to us the word to act upon at the moment that shows us, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you are no respecter of persons. We thank you, Father God, that your word works for whosoever will. So thank you tonight, Father God, that we can anchor our souls in the word of God. And when our soul is anchored, we can prosper and be in health. And we give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Now you might be here tonight and you don't know Jesus or you, you're not, you haven't been walking with Jesus the way you know, you know you should and you want to come home to the Father. Or you need prayer for any other thing. You know, the Bible... Bible uh, says we should come together and, and, and pray in agreement. Uh, our ladies are over here on, on my right and your left. The men over here on my left, your right. They're going to pray with you according to the word of God because they know and we know that's where the answer is. It's in God's word. Amen. So if you need prayer for anything tonight, come on down. They'll pray with you. We clear? Everything's good? We good? Dan, you good? All right. God bless you. Tell somebody you love them tonight before you leave. You can be dismissed.